Tiramos al que está pendiente de la cita. Ah, está molvada y quien la ve tan bonita. Ah, Estoy pa' ti siempre, beba Llevamos la noche entera Llévame, baby Nos tocamos tú y yo en la noche Eres independiente y se te ve Ya lo sé que tienes interés Baby, llévame, baby Nos tocamos Un mensaje mío Ya mismo te pones bien elegante, yeah, yeah se ha creído Pero lo que hago contigo en la noche es arte Quieres la llama cuando tienes frío Al menos chica eres muy sensata Te vas cuando tus padres están dormidos Y lista pa' perrear bebé a los actas Mamá Comienza la acción Ella es fanática de la atención Canta pulmón justo esa canción Que le cambió toda la dirección Ya que ese no quiere más No quiere llanto, no quiere nada Quiere gozarla, quiere escapar De lo que era su realidad Ya no está puesta para el drama Lo que quiere es gozar No pecar From this world Running on a hamster wheel But searching for something I can't feel I just wanna This is Wanda, your host of Salty Coffee. I'm experiencing a little bit of technical difficulties with my interviewee. But in the meantime, I am Wanda from New York. Uh, Salty Coffee was started in 2020. And it was the purpose to have um, empower and inspire and inform and entertain. Um, today, we're going to reintroduce you to Maria Hernandez. And she is the author of oh there she is <laughs> awesome so glad you're here i was beginning to get nervous but she's there she's here with us and um i wanted to i just did a talk on stereo but for those of you who don't know me and you're new my name is wanda um there's plenty of information and resources please if you're new subscribe it's free to youtube i'm trying to get to 100 uh numbers uh, to 100 subscribers, it's free, <laughs> commercial free for that matter. And so I think I'm nine people away from it. 
So I would really appreciate um, you sharing. We are heard in 21 countries and about 20 something states. So um, you already know how that goes. But today is November 8th and it is uh, elections in New York State. And one of the topics that I had earlier on another platform was about lobbying. So I'm going to do a series of lobbying. What does that mean? How can you lobby? How can you do it on your own? And just describing what, what people think when they hear that, you know, because that is is important. But this episode with Maria Hernandez have been brought to you, is brought to you by Bamblish. And Bamblish is a company owned by a beautiful Black woman from Antigua, I believe she's from. And we did a talk, uh, I think it was November something, no, October something, October 15. I don't remember the date, but go back and listen, listen to the pur her purpose, her lifestyle, why she ended up making panties for women um, in transitioning from, you know, a uh, regular general menstruation to um what's that called menopause <laughs> sorry um menopause so that's important and for young girls to know how unsafe tampons are and pads how unsafe it is for the environment and the things that we can do with her products to make things better and guess what to save money um enough is enough with making other people rich while we destroy our own um, resources and let's have that conversation with our own people. Because when I told people about the panties, they're like, Ooh, wait, what? I got to wash? What? <laughs> wait, what's going on? But think about all the times that you throw that other stuff in the earth and the environment and, and, and the, our, our beautiful sea of animals that, that our natural environment is just being destroyed with this, she said it takes two, 400 years for a, a pad to dissolve. 400 years. So think about that. We There's more women than men, first of all. <laughs> and let's just leave it at that. But um, here's another uh, person that I want to promote. And it's Miss Shelby. Miss Shelby, um, the diva of Southern Soul, is now the... Um, she signed into a record label with L-Town Records in Mississippi. And thanks to her, she created a, just put it on me. Put it on me? Let me just give you a little. Hey, ladies. How y'all doing out there? I got something I want to say. So come on and pull up a chair and let's talk about these sorry So if you Google uh, Shelby Diva, a Southern Soul, put it on me. It, the video is out. It's beautiful video. She is a woman that's amazing. You know, she's doing her thing. She's fulfilling her dream. She didn't let her age. She didn't let her circumstances stop her from her talent and sharing her music and her voice. She has a beautiful voice. So 
here we go. I'm going to introduce you to Maria Hernandez now because, you know, this is what I do. Hey, I can hear you loud and clear. You hear me? That's what I'm talking about. I can hear you. How are you doing, my dear? I'm excited to have you here. I am excited to be here. And it feels so good. Listen, I, I was writing down about Miss Shelby. I'm liking her music. It is wonderful. She she's on TikTok. There's people playing her music on TikTok. Oh, so I, I got to check it out. I definitely do. Yeah. And her music is on Spotify. So you can awesome. you know, share on Spotify. But if you need to purchase anything, just let her know. She's very uh, available and she's very responsive. So she's awesome. I love her. I actually oh, went to, to, to meet her because at, at this point, that's how I want to do the podcast, Maria. I want to go into your neighborhood. I want to go to see what you're doing, how you do it. And then let's have the interview virtually. Awesome. Awesome. So how you doing? I miss you. I miss you too. It, it, it's just been such a whirlwind for me. I mean, it's, it, you know, with COVID and, and, you know, trying to get myself back on track with the book and with the movie. And, you know, we've discussed regarding my brother and it, 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 it's just been crazy, but I'm still smiling and I'm still moving forward. That if you're, if you're a New Yorker and you can make it here, with the obstacles and challenges that we face every minute. Every minute is something. That's right. <laughs> and we let still walk around. And I think that's why haters hate us. Because it's like, damn it, how are they still walking around smiling? What's going on? Exactly. We try. Exactly. <laughs> they try over and over again to beat us down, and we just overcome it. And specifically women, we just like, dude, we got to keep moving. No Let me tell you, one of the good, one, Ooh, I one of the things that I, did you lose me? No, I got you now. <laughs> okay. One of the things that I always emphasize is this right here, honey. I voted. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This will get, you know, this, this is one of the things I did this morning. I got, today's my day off. I'm, as you know, I'm also a postal worker. I wear many hats. So I have the day off and I said, you know what, I'm going to vote. I'm going to make sure that I vote. I'm going to make sure I do a few things and then I'll come back and I'll do the, you know, I'll do the podcast with you. And then from there, I'm going to do some more stuff because, you know, listen, one of the things I've learned is that voting is power. And, and that's the bottom line. Do, do you think um, now that you say that? Why do you think other people feel differently about it? Because I had that conversation this morning, and I don't, I, I don't, I don't really want to get into into it. But it, I'm curious now to to see that New Yorkers are really focused, like states like New York and now uh, Atlanta, Georgia, um, and California. California for sure. Yeah. California for sure. California does a great effort on making sure that their communities are aware of who yes. their elected officials are. Why do you think a lot of people feel depleted and like I'm done with voting and politicians? You know, I, I, 
I feel this way. I mean, I could only tell you from my experience. From my experience, from what I see, it's just so much rhetoric going on back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, that some people, they just get tired and they're like, look, whatever happens, happens. Um, I personally, I, I, I personally think there's always, um, there's always, uh, power in numbers, powers in the, the number of people that go in and they, and they, go in and vote and do what they have to do. Again, there are some people that are probably going through some personal things, personal items, and they're like, look, I don't got no time to vote. Or there's some people who say, you know what, things aren't going my way. Why should I vote? I I vote and I'll, I'll get into, we'll get into what everything I'm going through. But the reason I vote is because I want my voice to be heard. And one of the ways my voice could be heard is by casting that ballot because I'm letting them know, look, I'm trusting you to take care of a city that I love, you know. And the beauty about, about democracy is that if it don't work out in four years, we could try somebody else. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and do you see that things are getting better? I mean, I, I see it. In, in a twist because of post-COVID, of course, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I could, and I could also kind of feel like, damn, was this shit on purpose? Because we were just like right there, like just when we just had it, at least in my neighborhood, like just when we like got it, we, we got it. We know how the system works. We know what exactly what we need to do. We know who we need to put in office and bam, they took it all away from us. I, I I feel the same way. I feel like, you know, one of the things is, as you know, 2019, I filmed my movie based on my first book, based on Trapped. And everything, like you said, everything was in place. The movie was just finished. We just finished the editing. We were, you know, I was talking with a few people. We did a, a, a podcast interview. Everything was going great and Boom, COVID. And it, the thing is, we all thought, oh, it's only going to be a few weeks. They're going to find something. It's going to be fine. And when we realized that it was not going to be a few weeks, that it may be months, we didn't even think, I didn't even think about years. I thought about a few, okay, from a few weeks, maybe a few months. Two years? It it really it rocked us. It's rocked us to our core. Okay. I believe it did. So enough about New York and politics. <laughs> I know. <laughs> how are you feeling? How how are you how is this Maria different from the Maria in 2019-20 when we did our interview? The and, Maria and you can start at your level, because you know, like I know there's Lots of layers to Maria. Like, Maria, which one, Wanda? Which one do you want me to start? <laughs> which one? <laughs> so you start at your own pace, which whatever from the from the lovely person that you are to, like, okay. Well, let me start off as Maria as the daughter and the sister. That was, I think it's been the most, and I, I want to touch on that a little bit because that has been the one that has motivated me the most to do a transition 
in my career writing into other things. Now, um, you know, I, I've never really been an advocate. I've always been uh, a, a person that I do contribute, but not wasn't much. And it wasn't until my mother went into a nursing home and I had to care for my brother who's autistic that it has been challenging. I didn't realize not only the backlog, but the um, the obstacles that the state of New York puts us through in order to get services. And that per what would happen with all of that, um, what I had to do to get my brother the services that he so sorely needs, it has changed my perception on what my calling is. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. You know, it, it, it was, it was, you know, first of all, I thought it, it, okay, let me start. April, 2021, my mom went into a nursing home. On top of everything else with COVID and everything else, my mom's dementia went off the stratosphere to the point where she had to go to a nursing home. So now I'm thinking with my brother, he's autistic, you know, we, he, he gets his benefits, he gets his this, he gets all the things that he gets. It's going to be easy to get services for him. It all started when I was told, oh, um, his Medicaid doesn't have a certain code. Okay, let's get the code. Long story short, it was so much turmoil and so much denial. Um, OPWDD, which is the office, I'm going, I gotta read it here because the office for people with developmental, um, disabilities, it, they were requiring so many things. But one of the things that they required was proof that my brother was autistic under the age of 22 when he went to school. Now that boggled me because I said, wait a minute, I thought autism was something that happens from childhood. So it, it shouldn't be a question. Right. I went, I tried to get his medical records. I found out that in New York state, I don't know if other states, but in New York state, after 10 years, they destroy your old medical records. They do not keep any old medical records past 10 years. The school, he, my brother's 49 years old. He went to school in the 70s and the 80s. There wasn't much talk about autism back then. So they had given him a diagnosis of mentally disturbed. <laughs> when I saw that, I almost fell off my chair. You know, because I'm like, what are you talking about mentally disturbed? So from there, I had to convince OPWDD that he had autism before well, when he was a child. It didn't just happen when he became an adult. Right. That alone was a challenge. I am happy to report that after much crying, after much yelling, after much, you know, saying, look, I'm done. Yesterday, I did get a email telling me that he was finally approved. Awesome. 
But now this is my thing. I wouldn't want another family to go through what I went through. I wouldn't want another sibling to go through what I went through. I wouldn't want, listen, it was so, it's like I was stuck in the middle and I had, I knew I had to take care of my brother, but at the same time, I'm working full time at the post office. I'm trying to get my, 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 books and, you know, trying now, everything is alleviating. So I'm trying to see about streaming the movie. I had to put that on hold for a minute because I had to take care of my brother. You know, so I one of the things that I want to do is I am going to write about my experiences on what I went through in the past few years, especially with my brother. And now I'm going to begin being an advocate an advocate because I know there's other siblings out there that are going through the same issues that I'm going through. And I know there's many siblings that had no choice but to give up on their siblings. Right, right. And that's what I don't, that's what I'm hoping with my advocacy and with my book and with the, you know, just speaking out on it, I'm hoping to reach out to those that want to give up and say, nope, nope, don't give up. Let's, you know, here's how it can be done. Because it, it it's ridiculous how people with de developmental disabilities are being treated here. It, it's ridiculous. Do you think, um, let's say you weren't available, how would you, like, what would you see? How would you see your brother having to struggle? Um, I mean, we see it, I, I'm in the Bronx, and I can see people that mm -hmm. potentially may have, ha have been diagnosed with that, and they're just walking around because they didn't have a, a sibling like you or, or a parent like you. Definitely, definitely. I see it, you know, I grew up in the projects and in the projects there were, you know, a, a few um, children and adults with autism. And I saw where their moms or their, their moms took care of them. Then their moms couldn't take care of them anymore for whatever reason they died or in the hospital or in a nursing home. Siblings try to take care of them. And what they, what happens is that they're lost in the system. They're, they're, they fall into the cracks. I will bet my bottom dollar that if we go into Rikers and we find out regarding these troubled kids. Some of them will be autistic and it'll be that they ran in with the wrong crowd. An autistic um, child or adult, they don't really have the concept of right and wrong. They just do what they're told to do. Right. You know, they want to make friends. They think everyone is their friends. They're trusting. So, and a lot of people out there take advantage of that. Where would I have seen my brother? I tell you the truth. I would have seen my brother probably kicked out of the apartment, probably homeless, you know, probably in jail if I were not here to step in. And that's one of the things. Yesterday, when I spoke with a panel of psychi psychologists, well, you know, thank goodness they, they, they finally approved them. But I told them my biggest fear is that I die and my brother falls through the cracks. I don't know if that was the factor that said, you know what, let's approve him or what. But I, I, I spoke from the heart because that's that's my fear, Wanda. And do you do you see 
have you met any advocacy groups that do this as their job or even as a voluntary basis? Do do we have that in New York City? Did you find any? That I, I did not see. The people that I have been talking to has been um, Autism Speaks. Okay. Um, I have been speaking with them um, throughout my journey. You froze a little bit, so let me see something here. I apologize, but I think you're okay. She's frozen. She'll be back um, because I. Hi, Evelyn. How are you? Hello, Sh uh, Lulu. Shonda, how's everybody doing? The paperwork and abuse is insane. Okay, there you go. Okay, there I go. <laughs> so I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know. I'm not going nowhere. I got you. <laughs> I know that's right. Um, so I have been speaking with Autism Speaks. Um, one of the things, because my mind was so into trying to get my brother approved that I have not really done the research to see if there's anything in New York, if there's anything there. But now that everything is okay and we're just getting him navigated, absolutely I'm going to look into that. I, I, I am livid at the fact that such a big state like New York, it shouldn't be that hard for someone with de developmental disabilities to get services. Maybe if they would help more, it would or it would help these kids to be off the streets, to be out of the jail. Absolutely. To be out of the institutions. You know, you know, and it, it, that's one of the things why I, I, I go back to voting. Voting is power. Listen, I want to vote because you know what? I want my voice to be heard. And, and as a registered voter, you know, it gives me like it gives me the, the, the urge to 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 keep moving forward. A taxpayer, too. We pay a lot of taxes. And, and absolutely, you don't get half of it back. Absolutely, you know. I remember. <laughs> yes, you know. I remember when I lived in um, I lived in Florida for six years, and my paycheck looked great because you know they don't take off the taxes that they took out here. So when I moved back and I started working here again, and I saw my paycheck, I said, "Where's my money?" <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's crazy. And it, I, know, it's I know you're in a in a place of work where you can actually transfer. Does that work like that? Like, do do you actually get the same pay? If you, there you go. Yes, 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 yes. We do get the same pay. Um, we get um, you know, they won't pay for a moving or anything else right. that we would have to pay, but we would get the same pay. Um, the and I believe the only thing is our seniority. We'll we would lose our seniority if we move to another state or to another area. Okay. And that's not an option for you right now. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But I, I, but I tell you, I was so About disappointed. I was so disappointed with New York that I was actually thinking about moving out of state with my brother. Right. You know, in order to get him the services, I said, and, and I did tell them, listen, I'm going to do what I have to do for my brother. And if it means leaving New York, 
hey, we will do what we have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 I, it's something that, it, that I, I, I really want to get into it and I'm really getting passionate about because I'm really thinking about all these other families out there that are going through this and people that are not as informed. Because if I didn't go in there deep and go looking and do research and do this and do whatever I had to do, I would have still been in square one one. But I know there's families out there that don't even know where to start. Right. That's where I want to be the point, the the the, the starting point. And a good place Show to, them start where to start is if you have children, you know, because I'm thinking like, okay, your mom, you know. She wasn't probably mm-hmm. that young when she had your brother and yourself, but right. to do it by herself too, because, you know, she had to do all of this on her own. So just mm-hmm. with that fact alone and that knowledge of knowing that, that's what I was thinking of today's talk was here's a person who's from another country, things work differently, you're in a new country, and this is how you believe the system works but you're scared of this system because you've heard stories and traditions and history on certain things that you want to protect your children so much especially if they have a special need that you want to remove yourself from that said system because you know they're going to get hurt somehow some way yes and Unbeknown to her, here we're, here's where we are at. Yes, yes. You know, and, and, and it was like that. I, you know, back in the day, um, me growing up, my mom um, gave birth to my brother when she was 43 years old. She wow. was 33 years old when she gave birth to me. So she did have us at a, at a late age. Um, the misinformation that I'm pretty sure she was given back in the day was immense. You know, back in the day, it was like, okay, 96th Street and below, we're going to help. 96th Street and above, well, forget about that. You know, I I grew up in that era. I grew up in that era where taxi drivers would not even think about going across 96th Street uptown. They, I remember they would leave my aunt because my aunt used to love taking me shopping downtown. We used to go shopping. She used to take the taxi to 96th Street. And from 96th Street, we would take the train back, uh, you know, further uptown because the taxi driver wouldn't dare come over here. They didn't want to. We were not worth having taxi service. You know, and, um, you know, and a lot back then, I'm pretty, I know my mother was misinformed, you know, and now here we are, fast forward, my mom is in a nursing home, and I've had to, I've had to undo the damage that was done back in the day. So what I want is I want to reach that mom that's probably not very knowledgeable in regards to the system and take her under my wing and say, come here. This is how you're going to do it. This is how it should be done. You know, 
a lot of families are still under the um under the under the um, mindset of okay if anything happens to me the sister or the brother will take care now little known fact is that if anything happened right now with my brother when my mom in a nursing home just because i'm the sister doesn't mean anything I still have to get his permission to talk to talk to any of his doctors or anything like that. If I get a power of attorney and my brother passes away, the power of attorney goes passes away with him. And I will even have a right to bury him. So those are things you, you understand, those are things that I'm I'm, I'm learning and I'm like, oh shoot. Because my mother was under the impression that, oh yeah, Maria'll take care of it. She'll be fine. She's a sister, but I've had to like literally claw my way through this system because it's totally different from what they thought. Right. And, and that's why. I think it's very um, thoughtful of you that, and scary that we haven't heard of a story like this, not even in the, in the film or anything. We haven't really heard it. And I think a lot of times people feel ashamed, embarrassed, you know, because they don't want to put their sibling out there with with uh, knowing their business, pretty much, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's sad. Um, yeah. But, and it's sad that me, as an advocate, I haven't heard of any group advocacy for, I mean, I've heard of places that you can go and places, but just to get that detailed in the help and the assistance, the paperwork, step by step, you know, um, and why is that? Is it because the percentage is low? Is it because it's not a priority? Most of the time it's because it's not a priority. People, exactly. make, people will make the money where they see fit for themselves and the hell everybody else. And that's that. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not talked about much because uh, you, you hit it on the nose, the shameful factor. You know, you know, my my child or my sibling is is sick. I can't do anything about it. Or sometimes a parent, listen, my mother for years, autism was not said in the household. What was said was my brother, oh, it's his nerves. Oh, um, he he he's just a very nervous young child. He'll get over it, you know. But you know, but he but he draws very well. And you know, these are things that my mom used to say to compensate the fact that she had a child with special needs. Some a lot of parents out there feel like they failed in someone somehow. Maybe I shouldn't have smoked that cigarette. Maybe I shouldn't have gone through that factory. Maybe I should have stayed home. It's my fault. No. And that's where I, you know, you say you haven't heard it, girl, you're going to hear it soon because I'm, I'm working on that because okay. that's what I want. I want to advocate and tell the people it's okay to not know. It's okay to have that child, but let's work on getting that child or that adult the help that they need. Right. And, and you know, a lot of the times parents, whew, man, a lot of the times we 
use the educational system to make those determinations because they see that the learning pro and, and a lot of the times they it's aware and it's made aware during their educational process when they're learning. Um, and some teachers grab gravitate right away. Some teachers are like, well, can't help you there. Here's the paperwork you need to fill out, but you need to find a school for your child that works best for them. And how do you, how do you, how do you, how did you see that growing up with your brother and not being able to be in spaces or if you were in spaces with your brother around that school years and grammar school or junior, how did you mm -hmm. feel? Like, how was that for you as a sister? Um, wow. You know, oh goodness. I, 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 when I remember when my brother was going to school and, um, he was in special education all of his life. Throughout his all young year, he was in, um, special education. And I do remember as a sister, okay, because there wasn't that much education on on it you know I, I i do remember like making sure thanking thanking the heavens that i was 10 years older than him so that we wouldn't be in the same school together um because i didn't have the education of getting to, of knowing of like you know i didn't have an understanding of autism so i you know and 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 of course and this is another factor um a lot of families, when they have a child with special needs, they figure, hey, the child, that's okay, they'll be okay. Because they're fine. I have to focus all my attention on this, on, on, on this child with the special needs. I have to coddle them. I have to hold them. I have to make sure that they're not this. So I have, you know, but the other child will be okay. That does a lot of, um, psychological effect on a child especially on the child who does not have the autism. And the reason that it does that is because bottom line is they don't feel loved. So growing up, I remember that, you know, I, I, I had my own thing with my school and everything else. And my brother had his own thing. And, you know, it was like, I, I feel like I rebelled a lot because I, at school, because I craved that attention. You know what I mean? And um, that affected in many years because I feel, now I look back and I said, if I would have maybe paid more attention to what my brother's situation was, what his condition was, how the system worked, how everything worked, maybe it would have been easier for me to go and do what I had to do now today that my mother's older and is in a nursing home. I feel that's a gap that I would love to close. I would love to close that gap because not only have that person, that, that child with a special need, but also have that older sibling or the younger sibling that maybe feeling and, and, and getting that per that younger sibling to understand what is going on with their sibling. All right. I feel that's very that's very, very important because if 
they is as a family dynamic everyone is on the same page on what to do i feel that the navigation will be a lot easier as everyone gets older and as far as um you as a child mm-hmm. and family functions did you feel that you always had to defend your son or you were always on the lookout to see what people would say and you would defend him? Was that Absolutely. Absolutely. Um a lot of people, you know, um confuse um autism with retardation. So back in the day because there was no autism, it was the retardation. So now I'm I'm echoing what my mother used to say, you know, no, he's nervous. No, he's he's this. I I remember I used to at parties, I used to have him next to me. Because I didn't knew he was going to be running around because you know, children with autism, they're very hyperactive. So I knew, so I would have him next to me and I I learned how to, you know, make sure he had his little toys, he had his stuff that would keep him, you know, occupied. You know, my mom, back in the day, you know, my mom used to be, you know, with the friends, hanging out, and you know how it is, you know, watch your brother, you know, kind of thing, you know. So I did that, uh, I, I did that a lot. So I always felt I had to protect them. Then I grew up and I got married, and it wasn't a big need anymore, because now he's older. I said, okay, now he's older. He's okay. He's fine. You know, and, and I went and I got married and, and I moved out the house and, and, and stuff like that. And, um, but one of the things I did was rely on my mom to say, well, mom's taking care of him. Everything is okay. But mom didn't have the education. Mom still was under that denial. So now, fast forward to now, when this is happening now with my brother, I'm like, oh, my God. I I, I felt overwhelmed because of all of the responsibilities I had besides him. Wow. So yeah. when you got married, how did that look? Um, did you have any conflict, any um, resistance, you know, did how did your brother feel when you left like how close were you to your brother or because we my understanding with um children who have autism right is that Mm -hmm. they may seem aloof and distant but is that really like how, how does that work like how did you how did he feel do you recall how he felt when you I, when I when I got married and moved out of the house, um, like you said, it, you know, a, a, a lot of the autistic autism they feel they you, on the outside they're aloof and stuff like that, but inside I feel that they feel the the, the pain and the loneliness, you know, because I was always the one taking care of them. I was always the one. I, I potty trained my brother. <laughs> You know, I I would come home from school, drop the books and grab him. That's how it was when we when he was born. Um, When I got married, he was let me see. I was 19. So he was like nine years old. We're 10 years apart. He was like nine, 10 years old. Yes. You know, that's another thing. You know, it was a big gap in our ages. 
now you know you were like second mom like his real mom (laughs) yeah i was Uh, basically you know and that's another thing i want to touch on a lot of mothers um when they have this issue going on a lot of them can't cope with it you know a lot of them they they they're in denial and they they cannot cope with the fact that they have a child with special needs um, in my mother's case, I mean, I, I wrote about it in my book, so I don't mind talking about it. In my mother's case, her 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 escape was drinking. You know, her escape was, you know, I, I need to have a drink. He's running around too much. I need to have a drink. I need to, you know, have this and, and have that. And, you know, I, 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 I know that with a lot of mothers, they um, they want that escape. You know, they do it through either having the sibling take care of the kid all, all the time. And they get to escape and they get to, like, unwind because they feel, you know, they feel, okay, I deserve this. I'm with this kid all day. You know what I mean? Um, and it is when like, I got... Hmm? No, go ahead. When you no, got- no, no, no. I, I, was, I was saying when I got married, I, um, you know, I knew that it he felt the loneliness because he no longer, I no longer, he no longer had that person there with him, which was me because I was married. Now it was my mom and my mom was in a lot of denial and my mom was in a lot of, I can't handle it. So I I know it must've affected him in, in a lot of ways. Do you recall any time, um, I don't know if you're a devoted uh, religious person, but did that, that wasn't the case? Um, And if you were, if your mom was part of a religious group, how, if, if she was, how, was that a community, like was there a community where that help would have been available, do you think? See, my mom was a church-going person without being a church-going person. I mean, she would be the one that would be with the Catholic Church. I respect it, blah, 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 this and this and that, but didn't set foot in one. That was my mom. Okay. Um, I think the only one, the only one who, who would set foot in the in the church all the time was my grandmother. Other than that, you know, she, my mom never really um, reached out to any um, community groups or anything like that. And again, this all has to do with like A, shame and right. B, misinformation. You know, I, there's, a, there's, and I see it today, there still is a lot of stigma and shame when it comes to children and adults with autism. Like I, I, see, it, I see it at my, I, I, I see it at work. I see it at work because there are mothers there that have their children with autism. And one of the things they, the first thing they tell me is, oh, it's so good that you're doing what you're doing because that's what my daughter's going to do. If anything happens to me, she's going to take care of him. And I put a stop to her, to them. And I let them know my story, what I go through. And they, they look at me like, what? I said, you need to tell me we're in 2022 and you didn't know that your your sister, your daughter would not have any rights over your child with autism. And they still don't know, Wanda. That's when I saw the need. That's when I saw the need. I said, there has 
to be, I have to start organizing something. Because it's ridiculous that in this day and age, a lot of mothers still don't know. Just as my mother didn't know. There's still mothers out there that don't know for whatever reason. And and siblings too. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Family members. Yeah. Yes. And that's why I feel that a lot of siblings, they just give up. Because first of all, they think like, I know they think like this. Well, that's not my child. I have a family. I have children I have to take care of. I can't take this on because it is hard. I don't know if I, I don't know if it would have been easier for me to do if I had, if I were married with children, to be honest. Because it, 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 I've literally wanted to have to lead a double life, which is my life working and taking care of home and, and doing what I have to do and then going over to my, my, well, now it's his house because we switched everything over to his name, to his house, and taking care of him. You know, I, I, I tell people, I, I don't have days off. I have days that I don't work because on the days that this right here interacting with you, I love it because I get to do something, you know, that's mine that I love to do. I haven't been able to do that in almost two years because I've been at it. Since our last talk. And that's why I love it when I see you on TikTok. I'm like, there she goes. She's having some fun with this video. Um, Absolutely. But instead of smoking a cigarette, which congratulations, you're how many years in now without smoking? Three three years I have not smoked a cigarette. I am like, whoa. And that goes to show people that, you know, you can do it if you set your mind to do it. Absolutely. A lot of people tell me because, you know, I was a pack and a half smoker a day. I know. You know, I was a heavy smoker. And um, the years when we used to do kickboxing, I was a smoker. That's why I could barely go through the warm up. You know, (laughs) it was it was crazy. But a lot of people ask me, how did you do it? I want to do it. The only thing I could say is, when you're ready, you will do it. Because I tried quitting so many times. I did it for the boyfriend. I did it for I love kickboxing. I did it for um, my mom. I did it for my brother. I did it for everybody. But I never did it for me. This time around, I said, I have to do it for me. And it took one little thing, Wanda. I smiled one day. And there was one tooth down here that was so yellow. That one tooth was so yellow. And I looked at it. I said, what? And oh, wait a minute. coffee either. And that's when I decided. I said, I'm done. And plus, my body wasn't feeling the same. I'm 59 years old. My body's not what it used to be, you know? So I had to quit. Yeah. And I, I did it for me, and I'm very happy that I did. Yeah, you should be proud of yourself because it's not easy. Thank you so much. It's not easy. Um, mm. It's a bad habit, and as we already know, is there are chemicals in it that make you want to do it over and over again. 
Absolutely. There is addictive chemicals in each and every cigarette. And it, 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 it's wild how it, it, it's, it's legal to put all of these addictive stuff into a, a, an item just toxic. so they can make that money. Toxic. Yes. And to have a warning sign. Hey, if you do this, like we're telling you, and you're still doing it. And you're still doing it. I know. It, and it's the addiction mm -hmm. part that, that it's like we know it's bad for us. Every time I lit up a cigarette, I knew it was bad for my lungs. I knew my lungs were crying every time I would light up a cigarette. But if I didn't have that cigarette, it was like my whole body. I, I was, when I quit, I went on the patch and I went on the gum. Now, they talk about the third day. The third day when you quit. That third day is the worst because that's when the nicotine is like pulls out of your body. I was literally in that my bed in a fetal position, just like, oh my God, I, I want to die. I want to die. But I went through it though. <laughs> but I want to die. I want to die. It's, it's not easy. And you know what? That's what scares me whenever I say, maybe I should light up a cigarette. Then I remember that third day and I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Absolutely. So when it comes to writing the new book, yeah. In in recognition of your brother and your mom and the circumstances that you're experiencing right now, what would that look like in a film? What what would your story be in the film and to whom? You know, I would love to do it as a documentary and have as much I, I would I see it as something where we would have people with different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different um, cultures, you know, because culture plays a lot into families getting help. And it, it, I, I see it as, as a hodgepodge of a lot of people that when a person watches that documentary, they'll be like, hey, that's me. That's what I do see, and that's what I want to, you know, put in together for writing in the book. That's why I, I want to sit with people. I want to talk to people. I want to ask the questions. I want to, you know, not just regarding the autism, regarding how they feel about it. That's something I would love to see. I would love to see in a film. I think, yeah, and I think sometimes when we create well, people in general create documentaries that tell a story that's so, so um, information important and essential to all people. Because as a person who has never experienced a family member with autism, I've worked with someone who has it and I had to like search how do you, you know, how do you interact with people with autism, the do's and don'ts, you know? Um, but still, everyone is still different. And they mm -hmm. have, like, th there was a coworker of mine who I didn't even need to know that that's what it was, but I can tell based on what I've read and, and heard, you know, they don't look at you in the eyes when they talk to mm -hmm. you. They don't, you know, they skip around, they're very active. They like to jump over, you know, like, 
And a lot of people that annoyed a lot of coworkers. But I think um, it, it is essential that when you do this, more so for the people who are not in it, the people yeah. who, who don't know, because sometimes we give that look, sometimes we act like, and it's not because we don't care and we don't love them, it's because we just don't know. <laughs> you know, and, we get and, and education is the key. Education is the key. So definitely when you are done um, writing it, please make uh, a, I'm just letting you know, Salty Coffee said, make sure you put something in there of like five things, uh, important things that the general population should know of when, what to, to see of how um, their behavior is at that time. Don't take Absolutely. it. Um, know that they, they have a heart and they are a person <laughs> and they have the ability to change it not so much to acclimate to how we behave because we've been programmed we're programmed they're the smart ones they're the ones that know the truth yes that's how they live their life within the truth they're so honest hey why do yes. you have a mustache lady you know like you know don't say yes yeah, they will say the things why that we are thinking <laughs> Because we're programmed yeah. to have certain behaviors, you know, yes. in society. But so now it's not even about them learning to acclimate to how we behave, but us to understand why they say and do and behave the way they do. And I think that's, that's what I want. I think that's that's so important. And if you can put that in like an hour, two hour documentary that would be, because I know there's also different levels too, right? Yes, there is. And that, that's one of the things I've learned. Even though the um, the behaviors are very similar, there are the autistic um, person who can have a full-time job, can run a business. Absolutely. There are people that are actors. There are people that are that, that are scientists. That, but they they have a, a, there's different aspects of um, autism, Asperger, and, and, and things like right. that that would that that would determine, you know, how what the level of their autism is. Um, that's one of the things that I want to learn to educate people about. That there are different levels of autism. That just that autism is not a death sentence for the for the child it doesn't mean that the child is going to end up in an institution but if when you when you know and you're educated about what autism is what is the different levels of it and how it can be um dealt with that kid can thrive to be whatever they want to be mm-hmm. And that's what I want. I don't want that child with autism to be watching TV 24 hours a day, living in a room 24 hours a day, because the parents don't know what to do. That's what I want. I mean, I, I let me tell you, I am so gun-ho. It reminds me of when I was writing traps, that I was so gun-ho on writing traps and writing traps too. It was like my babies. And this is how I feel about it because New York doesn't have it. Doesn't have it. No. And I don't think I. And to be honest, 
I don't think they have it any in, in other states either. They do have more um more um advocacy than others, but not like this, not the way I see it. The way I see it, it's just so many aspects. It's not just the child, it's the family, it's the it it, it it's the um education system. It's a lot of people like you said, the people the, the co-workers, the people next door that you know, living from them, they need this understanding of it. Right. And that's what I want to bring out. And I also would like to add, um, once you write the book or the summary or the or whatever platform for the documentary that there is a workbook for everyone to follow so that within the documentary and the steps of identifying it whether you're the family the mother the the parents or the siblings whichever chapter you're in at that time for each of them a workbook what what can what can I do today to understand my brother? What can I do yes. um tomorrow with yes. understanding and that is very important. And and it should be a constant workbook like a journal in a journal form. Yes. Have them if it's for little kids, yes. And it should, and, and I was even Yes. Okay. I was thinking about also for the sister's point of view, the right. the the mother's point of view. Yeah. Things like that because it's a family thing, and that's what a lot of people with with children with autism don't realize. It is a family thing. A mother has to be more understanding. A child has to be more understanding. You know, and maybe with that workbook. Thank you. Thank you for the suggestion because that sounds that because great. You said you said your brother is art an artist and i don't care what it looks like but have that art within the book the world yes, book. yes. In, in absolutely because i think absolutely. it's important for us to see look this is what it looks like in your eyes but this is through his lens you know Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, my brother, you know, it's funny because my brother, my brother could take my book cover and he will draw it exactly as it looks, exactly down to the eyes, to the, to the veil, to everything, everything. He has such a talent for that, you know, and those are things that I want to bring out. Seek what talent. There's a talent that your child has, whether it's drawing, whether it's writing, whether it's whatever, whether it's accounting. I know numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Numbers. Numbers. My my brother knows algebra. I don't listen. Listen. That's why I ain't go to college because I I I can't grasp algebra. Guess what? He knows algebra, right? As a language, that's his language. Yes. So if you don't understand it, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. When yes. I, I remember I, I, I had a workbook and he looked at it and he started, you know, and I looked, I said, oh, shoot, this is right. And this is right. How do you know algebra? And he just shrugs his shoulders. He's like. I just know. You know? <laughs> and that, isn't that amazing that he can't it explain it? Yeah. But he knows it. That's his language. Yeah. 
That's his language. You're and right. I, and that's for us. That's what we need to start uh, recognizing. I mean, I've, I've always been compassionate about everyone in general. And I yeah. love everyone equally. But sometimes, you know, you're like, well, okay. <laughs> what's going on with this person? Like, look at me in the eyes and tell me what's going on. But um, yeah. we, we, we should all know that yeah. anyone with special needs has a specific purpose in this lifetime. And if 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 they are what we consider aliens from another time coming in to tell us something, that we're so caught up with the BS in the program systemic, you know. Yes, I agree. Society, they're here to tell us, no, this is the truth. And yes. the truth of the matter is none of that other stuff matters. Yes. What matters is that you love everyone equally. And like, that's what that's a point I want to come across because you know, like I said, what happens is and it it it, it doesn't because it's happened to me, so I understand it's not the siblings' fault. It's like the, the, the parent doesn't understand, so they feel they have to coddle the you know, the autistic child more than they have to coddle the others. But what they don't realize is that what they do with the others is that they'll look at the mom like, Oh, so you love them more than you love me. That's another thing I would like, a, a gap that I would like to close. You know, let the siblings know, no, your parent adores you. Your parent doesn't have the information right. about that child. So that's the best. A parent is a parent. You know, whenever a kid falls, what's the first thing a parent does? Goes over, checks it out, cleans the wound, puts a band-aid. That's the first thing a, ba a parent does. So that's what happens when a parent deals with a child with autism. Now I have to watch that child more. I, you're going to be fine. Your mind is fine. His is not or hers is not. And the, but they don't express that to the child. That's what that's mine. It doesn't have autism. So right. now the child's looking at them like, okay, well, you love them more than you love me. And then you expect me to take care of him. That's not going to happen. That's the gap that I want to close. Because I tell you, Wanda, I think about if I would not have been around and my mother would end up in a nursing home, my brother would have been lost in the system. And there are many out there in the system that shouldn't be there. That's what, that's what I want to touch on. And that's what I want to prevent for the future. You know, if what I do will help someone 150 years from now, 100 years from now, oh, God, be a, the happiest spirit on, uh, on, the, on the atmosphere. You know, and that's what I want. Especially now when they say that it's high. Like, there are adults now that are being diagnosed with um, HDAD and a lot of, of those... Um, Behavioral, uh, I guess, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. common thing that people in, in the regular society um, know how to handle and how to deal with. Mm -hmm. but we don't um, exactly. Do you? Do you? Um, do, does ha, has any medication been included in any of this at, at the beginning stages? Like, did, did your mom 
disapprove of giving your your brother any medication that may have been prescribed or was that something that didn't happen before it did not happen before you know i remember when my because my brother would get severe asthma and sometimes he would be in the hospital for weeks and my mother's thing again protective she would uproot me from my room and we will go to the hospital. No, we need to sleep in the hospital because your brother's there and we can't leave your brother alone. One of the things I do remember that they used to do with my brother is electroshock. Mm. And I think about that now and I'm like, yo, because I remember they used to put the probes on his, so he was, oh my God, I'm going to say he was maybe four years old. And they used to put the probes on him. And I remember the look on his face of fear when he would feel those little electrode shocks. Because I guess they were stimulating the brain. I don't know what was their mindset back then. And I remember I would hold his hand and he would look at me like, get me out of here. And I couldn't do it. You know, and then again, because my um, mom, as a mom, was not informed, she's thinking the doctors are doing the right thing. You know, and I I can imagine how many more kids they did that to. You know, I I I I, I could just I lost her again. Okay, she'll she'll be back. She'll be back. Thank you so much for those who are just hanging in there. And um, I'm hoping you can hear me. There we go. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it, it was it was those are say things. And like I said, as, as I remembered those things later on in life, because I guess those were things I just wanted to get off my mind. And I did remember it. And I'm like, yeah, they used to give my brother electroshocks. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, because even way? even in the nineties, I recall um, people saying, "Oh, yeah, I have to give my kids pills back," and I had to get, and I'm like, "What is that? What is that all about? Children with medication like that?" To me, unless it's a cold, you know, yeah, that- I I never understood that. And there you I'm go. Curious to see if there was any type of medication. How your mom. Um, resisted or not resist or just took it as they know what they're No, doing. my mom mom never really resisted. She never really resisted. Mom was always one that that she would let the doctors do what they had to do. What Tommy would have a lot would be his pump and the asthma medication. They I they never I can't recall them having any medication like for the autism because I don't even think they knew what autism was. Right. Right. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, once you do all the research you need to do to get this documentary, and I would hope that the doc, the research will be done based on individualized interviews with families. Um, that's what I would like to see, not just based on, you know, medical history or, yeah. That's what I don't want. I don't want, I, you know, I, I okay, there, there is some medical that's going to have to, because I have to do some medical research on it, but I want it to mainly be the families, because I feel that the viewers will um, gravitate more to what the families have to say. 
not what the doctor has to say. The doctor, you know, they, they're going on a medical um, or a psychologist on a mental viewpoint of it. No, mm -hmm. I want to sit with that family that is in, okay, the family that's in the either the suburb of Long Island and also the family that's sitting in the projects. I want all involved, every ethnic, the Chinese person, the Indian person, the African-American person, the Hispanic person. I want all of that involved in order for the viewer to get a broader understanding of autism. And it and at the same time, they, like you said, the booklet, so they can see what they need to look for and how they need, the, in the dynamic of, hey, I know your child is sick, but these are your children too. You, you understand they need your attention as much as this child needs your attention. Maybe if the, maybe if the mom or the dad or the, the mom and dad had uh, a, a place where they know that their child is safe and, you know, had some help, they'll have more time to take care and, and take care of the needs of their other children. You know, those are things that I, I think about as well. So those are a lot of things that I'm going to put together. I'm really excited about it because I'm like, yes, this is something I, I feel passionate about. I'm excited. Especially after what I went through. I'm excited. And I would I would also consider a journal on audio for yourself as you're going through and writing and summarizing this document. Um, because I think um, that's important for all of us to know, too, um, for the final um, product of it. Absolutely. I'm so proud of you, Maria. Thank, Thank you. Coming and giving us some great feedback on your talent of getting your stories out there and putting them in film. And this Thank one, you. I am I can't wait until the final product where you're actually giving not only your um, view of life and what you've been through and a little bit of your history, but this one really is gonna mean a lot to not just the community, you know, that the, the, the people that love track. <laughs> And the oh. this one is going to be more for everyone, you know, everyone from all over the world. Because, That's what I want. And congratulations on your three year anniversary for not Thank thinking. You. And keep Thank up you the so work. Much. Thank you. You know, one, one thing I, 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 I had to chuckle on today. Um, you have a photo of me with the red hair, and now I'm seeing myself with the gray hair. No, and I'm like, ooh, you've really changed, young lady. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's a big difference. <laughs> Let me tell I just got tired of covering everything up and then having to do it every few weeks. I said, you know what? Let the gray hairs fly. So <laughs> what I did was I had I, I, I dyed the hair to match the grays and I'm just letting everything grow out. This is how how much I've evolved. It, it, it's like I'm at the point in my life where it's not about what I'm wearing and how they and this and this. it's about embracing everything, embracing my brother, embracing my grays, embracing me. It, it, it's just such a great evolution. And I'm so glad I shared it with you. Thank you. And you know me, I'm gonna stay with my black shirt, <laughs> my salt and coffee. Like, 
No, I do, you know, that I, I guess you, when you get to a certain age, it's over. It's like, I don't care. What the, yeah. the content of the conversation is more important than what we look. Absolutely. You, know, you look lovely, honey. You look fantastic. Come on now. But uh, as far as, you know, I do this on YouTube so that the, the deaf and the people that are hard of hearing are able to see the words that are coming out of your mouth. And then, you know, for those who are blind, they're able to listen of what's coming out of your heart, you know, so you gotta, you gotta give it to everybody. You gotta give it to the podcasters or the people who listen and you gotta give it to those who can't see. Listen, girl, you you talk about evolution. You have evolved so much with your podcast, and I am so proud of what you do. I I, I, I listen to your podcast. I I listen to, I I, I follow you. We follow each other. I'm super proud of you, girl. Thank you. Thank you. I I changed a lot, right? From there on. We, listen, you have evolved beautifully. And, and you know I'm gonna hold you accountable for your talks, you know, because I was like, Maria, what's up? Like, what's going on, my friend? Yeah. Que pasa? It's been two years. Like, uh, where are you right now? And you're like, girl, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, you remember? I was like, <laughs> but no, this has been something that that's been brewing while I was taking care of, you know, getting my brother, um, uh, uh, you know, eligible and all of that. Now that that part is done, and now that I know he's getting the help that he needs, now the work begins, girl. You already know. I'm, I, I've already started on the research and stuff like that because this is something that I want I want to bring out there. I, it's necessary. And if you have to replay this again to just you know, recap on your own Absolutely. of what you said and the ideas, go ahead and do so. Um, feel free. You know where to Definitely. Oh you, yeah. You already know. Yeah. I'm about to go and go vote. Um, I had a topic uh, lobbying 101. So on another platform, but I'm going to post it on my anchor platform. Um, But I will be doing lobbying 101 part two um, next week. So I think. Awesome. Yeah. So that's really my mission is to just get information out there, share what other people have to share. You know me. Um, Yes. When people ask me, oh, what's your podcast about? It's kind of difficult to to describe it because it's a little bit of everything and not too much of one thing. Um, too much of one Let thing. Let me tell you, it's great what you're doing out there. Yeah, I try. <laughs> but um, you're, it's, you're doing a great job, mama. <laughs> well, you hang in there and we'll keep in touch. Thank you, baby. And you have a great day. And so I want to see the, like now I'm like, I want to see his art. <laughs> I want to see the art, put it up in the art gallery sell that stuff. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Okay, good. Because I can't wait. And make sure you invite all of us. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. That is something I will definitely do, honey. Last Thank you so much. You know, last word I would like is um, for the brother, for the sisters or the brother out there who has a sibling with autism and think that they're alone. I just want to let them know they're not alone. 
they're not alone. There is a power in numbers. And if they um, want to contact me or want to um, get a hold of me or want to, you know, they can look for me on TikTok, look for me on Facebook, we know where you, which way. And um, let, just to let them know they're not alone. And we're going to get through this together. Absolutely. We have one message. Um, let's see here. So here's uh, my sister. The mm -hmm. paperwork and abuse is insane. Absolutely. Um, hello, my love. I'm listening. Greetings. <laughs> hello, Icon. How are you? Thank you so much. This is my significant other. Lulu, Shonda, uh, congrats on quitting on many more to come. <laughs> That's on the smoking. And then we have a message here um, from Stereo. I don't know what the person is going to say, and I don't know the person, but hopefully if it's, um, edit, if I have to edit it, I will edit it because <laughs> you know, just never know. Hi, Charlie. Coffee. Hi, Maria. I just called to say She's talking about that. She's talking about trap. Oh. But you know, the the book trap, um, I think that's a that's Dr. Love Spell. Um, it's already out. You can purchase the book on Amazon. Yes. Uh, uh and trap too. So you can purchase the books on Amazon. You still have it on Kindle, right? Yes, I do. It's still out on Kindle and paperback if they want, you know, whoever wants to still wants to read the old-fashioned way on paperback. It's still available. It's available on, um, on those platforms. Okay. So before you leave, I'm probably going to yeah. do that. I'm going to play a little bit more. And the film can be found on Roku on Caribbean Channel. Well, no, it's not. It's no longer on Caribbean Channel. As a matter of fact, I am um, in talks with uh, another channel in Roku from Roku. Okay. Um, in order for me to replay it again, because you know, with the COVID and everything else that happened, there there are some channels that you know um are no longer in existence and stuff like that. So that's what I'm I'm getting together and I'm talking with a few people. But it'll be out soon. It'll be out soon. I promise. So I don't know if I can share this, but let's see if this works. Uh, share. And it's uh, this one. What? It looks like I don't have enough cash. Oh. Why don't I take your number down and call you tomorrow? Oh, uh, <laughs> Did you just bag me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, Daryl, I'm going to give you a call tomorrow. Damn, Hey, where's your partner, man? Don't worry, she'll be here, man. Let's hurry up and get this over with. Yo, shit! Sal Jean, you are all too drunk to ask you. Don't fuck your mom. 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 Don't 
That's all you got to say to me after getting me run up by the cops? You think I don't know you snitch, nigga? You ain't that bitch, butterfish. She ain't no bitch. Fresh up the pot, but you serve. Busting them shots like a curve. Getting chicken in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Amazing. <laughs> I, know, I was like, ooh, that's a lot of cursing. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's one of the things. There was a lot of, you know, cursing on it. But, I, you know, it just brought me back to when I was filming it. You know, when I was filming and, and the different areas that I filmed. I filmed all over East Harlem, all over at Barrio. So it was it, it was an experience. It just brought back a lot of memories. <laughs> that's what I love. I love I love to read the book, Trap One. Trap two is more intricate and more inclusive of all over New York, like including a university that's so dear to me. <laughs> yes. And I, I at one point. But um the storyline is um it's uh what some people may say, oh here's another, you know, like another hood movie. But I don't see it like that. If you ha if you read the book, you get a little bit more out of it than watching the movie. Um, Absolutely. The film is just like the icing on that cake, that good yes. cake. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But uh, the book, I, you know, one of the things I'm so, I, I'm always told regarding the book is um, they feel, the, a reader told me, I feel like I'm walking with Angelina as she's going through all of these emotions. And when all the emotions she's feeling is, she, I feel the emotions and I feel the pain and I feel the joy and I feel this. And that's what I like to bring into the books. You know, that's why in the documentary, you know, going back with the documentary, I, I want to bring that. I want the person that sees that documentary, I want them to say, oh my God, this is me. That's me. That's what I want. That, cause that's what I always bring into all everything I write the raw emotion. I yeah, love bringing the raw emotion. Even though the, the, the trailer for the film pinpoints on on real like issues. If you read and watch the whole thing, you'll see that you put everybody in New York City in that film. Everyone from the yes. good girl trying to do the right thing, who's still in a system that may be corrupted 
from from the girl who just wants to look cute and wants that person to just provide for her and she uses all kinds of manipulation to get what she wants out of the whole you know it's it's kind of that's what i like about trap that it thank you everyone in the story and i love to have a backstory to every character that I do. If you remember with Trap, the one that's the gold digger, she had a backstory. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she had a backstory because we're all human. You know, it's just things make us do and be who we are. You know, um, Butterface had a backstory. Didi had a backstory. You know, I'm talking about the villains in the in, in the in the book. They they both yeah. Well, they are who they are because of what happened to them in the past. You know, and that's one that that's what I love bringing into, into yeah. whatever I write. So definitely if you haven't purchased the book yet, I recommend that you purchase the book before you watch the film. Thank you. The film again is just the icing, the decoration, the the visual, if you will. Um but it's 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 one of those things where people like the book was way better. You know, like one of those things, but I think they're both equally mm-hmm. okay. But um, you definitely yeah. get, especially the the first initial thing on the book that you do not see on the film, that's what made it for me. Like, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, and I, I wanted, I'm a big Stephen King fan. I believe in mystery and all of that crazy stuff. So I, I, I said... I've got to add a little twist to this, you know. <laughs> so, you know, that's why and I you put mentioned, the twist that you I have did. mentioned that, that when it comes to filming, that's not the format. You know, like when you do reading mm-hmm. and writing, you have to catch the audience, the reader, immediately. And when mm-hmm. you're doing film, it just gradually gets to the point, you know. To the Absolutely. Point. And sometimes it, the plot doesn't even have to be in it. You just have to figure out what it is for you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, th- those are things that I had to learn. And um, and it, it's funny because at the end of filming and editing and everything with traps, I swear, Wanda, I go to a movie now and I see a movie totally different. Yeah. I yeah. do not see it the same. I see it in the technical standpoint. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wow. Well, you know, things that I didn't see before, I see it now. And I, yeah, I was talking with, as a matter of fact, I spoke with that about with um, Jamel Howard, the one who plays Daryl. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's what I wanted you to understand. Because before we did a little clashing, because I'm like, wait a minute. But this, he's like, that's what I wanted you to understand. Because now I see it where simple scenes can be become a whole big thing. It's it, it's crazy, but yeah, I learned a lot. We have one more message, and then we're gonna close it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a book. Wait a minute, it's an audio book because you know I can't read. Is it audio book? <laughs> She's so silly. She said, "Wait a minute, is it audio book?" <laughs> well, if you don't want to read, then you can find the the film, I guess. Yes, and, and the film will be out audio, soon. I think um, maybe if you can do a, a do you want to do a trap uh, reading? 
one day? On a I, I would. Platform? I would. I would. I would. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I would. You know, I mean, I, I guess the trap is so well, near and dear to my it. heart. I'll let you, we'll let you do it because you're, um, that's your book. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> So if you do like uh, an, a chapter on trap on TikTok? Sure, sure. You know what? I think that's something. Somewhat, you know what? And it was suggested to me a while ago, but like I said, with the thing with COVID and then my brother and everything else, I never really thought about it. But now that I'm, I'm in the platform with TikTok and, you know, um, um, Instagram and Facebook, well, mainly TikTok, but <laughs> with that. Because uh, again, if you get a certain amount of number of people, when you do a live on TikTok, does it save as a, a is it downloadable? I I don't know. I would have to find out if it's downloadable. I know it wasn't when first when TikTok first became a very well known thing. It wasn't. It was like you did the live and that's it. It wasn't safe. Now I know that you can share. Like while I'm live, okay. you can share the, you know, to other people at TikTok. Hey, she's live. And then okay. they'll come on and then, you know, I'll be, uh, yeah, but that sounds good doing a nice little reading on, on a live and things like that because, Especially yeah. Especially that first scene on the book. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you could just do that, just that scene on the book, yes. on the first talk and leave it as, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time. There you go. Station. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I would love good. to see that. Yeah, I would love to see that. All right. Definitely. One, one more message. Yes, I, I mean, Maria, you should really consider doing an audio book. And because I like listening to books, you know, I'm more okay. of a listener than a reader. So, you know. That would be a good idea, and you can just put it out there on Amazon. Because I just looked it up on Amazon. <laughs> Audiobook. I look up your name, and I'm like, yeah, it's not on here. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man, if it was, I would have bought it, and then oh. just hear and listen to it. Okay, so I'll work with Maria to put it on Audible, which yes. now it's it's available for free for you. Maria, and I'm going to show you how to do it. Oh, please, please do. So that way I can, you know, I can get it on Audible because yeah. that would be great. Mm -hmm. I, I want to reach everyone. <laughs> everyone yeah. I want to reach. Absolutely. Yeah. So soon on Audible. Okay. Soon. With Wanda's help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day. Make sure that you take care of your brother like you have been all these years. And make Thank sure, you. more importantly, that you take care of yourself, young lady. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Well, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to do something for myself this afternoon. I am going to go to dinner with a friend. And that's something I haven't done in a long time. And, you know, and come back home and get ready for work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you already know. <laughs> we all work. I get it. I'm fine. Well, thank you so much for saying yes again to Salty Coffee. I truly oh, and genuinely appreciate it. And for those of you who want to learn a little bit more about writing, uh, screenwriting, film writing, filming, producing, editing, 
whatever, feel free to reach out to Maria. Um, yeah. Maria, what's your website again? Is this well, the website, actually the website is down because I had some glitches on it that I had to take care of it, but they can get in contact with me at MCT Publications, LLC, at Outlook.com. Get in contact with me there. Send me your information to you to the email, and I definitely will get back to you. And whatever I can help with, I am your gal. What's your name on TikTok? TikTok is ny underscore Rican underscore Productions, and it's the same on Instagram. Ny underscore Rican underscore Productions and Facebook is Maria Tutti T U T I E Hernandez. Okay, perfect. All right. So you have a blessed day. Take care. Thank you, my love. You too. And I just can't wait for your um, journey on this project to be fulfilled. Oh yes. <laughs> you already know I'm coming back on salty coffee to talk about it. Absolutely. <laughs> have a good Bye. day. Wow, you too, and thank you, everyone. Thank you. So that was Maria Hernandez, and um, I'm so glad she she reached out to me, and uh, or I reached out to her again to say, hey, you know, what's going on? What are you doing? I want you back in the show. And I'm so proud of her with her uh, cigarette smoking um, journey to stop. <clears throat> Excuse me. But again, this broadcast has been brought to you by Bamblish, the product for every woman with periods. B-A-M-B-L-I-S-H. Thank you again, everyone, and have a great day. Don't forget to vote for New York City, uh, New York State.
of us, and this is just my opinion of, of when I say all of us, those that come up under the master's hand, meaning we become dependent on a system that has been formulated. I said, damn, man, we've been domesticated. It's, it's hardly it's hardly ever a time where we want to go out, right, and utilize the natural earth that was put here for us to serve us, right, and go into it and take what we need. Le gusta el roche, le gusta tanto. Está puesta pa' bellaquear. Hablando de eso, ya se lo canto. Yo sé que quieres más, y yo no sé. Don't forget to visit www.saltycoffeepodcast.com. And please, if you're on YouTube, just subscribe for free. Click on the little subscribe button and the notification because we have next week on November 15th, which I think is next Tuesday at 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. One of the two, it'll, it'll be listed here. You're going to meet Xiomara Cabrera, who is my former instructor for my dance school of the Ballet Quisqueya with Normandia Maldonado as the co-CEO uh, and founder of that dance group. That's going to be a great introduction of my dance years, um, my mentor. She is phenomenal, and I can't wait to have her on the Salty Coffee. So please tune in. I think it's next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, right here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and also on our website. Please share. Please follow. Um, it doesn't cost anything. And this is commercial free right now. <laughs> but um, I do this for free. I don't, I volunteer my time to do this, to share information with others. So I'm hoping that if you have anyone that you know who can contribute to the Salty Coffee podcast, please feel free to do so. And just send me a message on the website. Mwah. Have a good day.